Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Friends of the Rocket Cats, you are in for a real treat for this particular episode. We got Jay Russell, who I know through the co-op as a cashier. Every time I go through, we always have these fabulous little interactions, and he totally brightens my day. I mean, this is a guy that's always on it. And one of the things I've discovered over the years with Jay, name is Jay Russell, is continual levels just keep being peeled off him. You're like, you're like an onion, Jay. You are, you are like this enigma wrapped in a riddle. You're always, you may not always be in a good mood, but you always are on it. You're always positive. Yes. You're always ready to help. You're always ready to serve. And so, friends, this is going to be a really interesting podcast. We're going to get into biohacking. We're going to get into book recommendations, philosophy of life. One of his mantras that he always talks about, you know, balanced in the middle, how he got to Iowa City, where he's originally from, TV shows, and I'm going to offer some too. So this is going to be really fabulous. He's a really great, engaging personality. You don't tune in to listen to my ass. You tune in to listen to Jay Russell. Jay, how are you doing tonight? Oh, well, I would like to, first of all, say hi to Krishna to you, and thank you for letting me be on your show. And likewise, um, as one of my customers, you also brighten up my day. And um, we're living in a very intense time right now of division, where I think research and trusting in the self is very important. And I think the best way to do that is how you deliver the message so that we can get people out of fear, out of division, and how to heal themselves without needing, let's just say, modern or the big building people, I'm not damning them, but I'm all about helping people find their self-esteem and how to build it back up. So I'll give you um, a very short, uh, simple expression of what I am now. I'm a survivor of racism, which I don't understand how it could ever happen. My mom is your complexion. I'm half Irish, survivor of chronic pain as a professional ballet dancer. I have torn every ligament, sprained ankles, sprained shoulders torn rotator cuffs, scar tissue everywhere. I walk with a limp now. Mm. I'm paying the price from not pulling over and being taught about having a solar plexus, Mm. having the sun in my central chakra. So when you see me as a cashier, I'm balancing pain and joy, 24 hour chronic pain, but yet still the light comes out and I'm able to get what? Positive, Acknowledgement at my store. Um, I'm getting employees uh, saying, hey, man, thank you so much for being a light in the store and and helping elevate, you know, things and customers are acknowledging me for being a positive force. Well, how did I get here? Yeah, um, exactly. It's called getting through uh, the hump of pain and injuries mentally and physically. So I grew up in Cambridge, Massachusetts where I wanted to become a dancer. I was very hyperactive, a lot of energy. The school systems called me, I hate this word, retarded. Pardon me for saying this word. I have compassion for all those unique people. I was very hyper. I was diagnosed with ADHD. Well, let's slow down now as to why I'm a healer now and why the light comes out even when I'm in pain. I was given Lucky Charms, Frosted Flakes, McDonald's by my mama, who I love. Harvard graduate, summa cum laude, but we would get the McMuffin and the fried this and that. And then I go to school and they give you the processed pizza and all the sugars. And you have Coke and Pepsi machines in your school system. Yes. Sugar. You know, I read a book. It's called The Case Against Sugar by Gary Taubes. And if you've read it, it's kind of insane. People wonder how I've lost all this weight. I avoid sugar sugar in juices, sugar yeah. in candy bars, you know, and it's just, you mentioned that like with school systems in terms of pop and things like that, sugar is a big deal. And oh, yeah. it is just like giving your, it's almost as bad as giving them cigarettes because if it causes obesity, attention oh, deficit disorder, cognitive inflammation, you just got to oh, avoid yeah. it like the plague. 
Oh, of course. Yes. So I would say that before we uh, look at anything that happens in politics today, before we look at anything, and I don't want to, you know, damn what's happening, but we've had diseases, I'll just call it diseases and problems with humans and colonism and, and smallpox and Native Americans are no longer here. Iowa's an Algonquin name, but you don't see mm -hmm. one Algonquin or a Cherokee or an Apache. Mm -hmm. So I have compassion. Also, every race suffered the hands of the imperial people called the Romans. I am not damning Rome. Yep. The Julius Caesars, let me slow it down now. The Jesus Christ, let me slow it down now. The Jim Carries, let me slow it down. The Jim Crow and Jiminy mm -hmm. Cricket. Mm -hmm. Patterns, right. Pattern mm -hmm. is what creates, I call mind control, mm -hmm. where we look at each other and we see one thing. I heard mm -hmm. it, or I saw it on TV, patterns. You sew things with a pattern. What I'm doing is I'm unraveling the sweaters, <laughs> trying to get people to acknowledge their personal trauma, but don't damn yourself by this. Don't break yourself and say you can't, because I got through once again, an abusive um, mother, racism, car accident near death, poisons at my school. You've got Coke and Pepsi at Mercy Hospital. I visited a buddy who had heart surgery in the ICU, brother. They yeah. have Coke and Pepsi there. Well, shame on them. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, my brother's in the hospital right now and he was there feeding him a waffle. You know, and I'm like, that's all I need is a whole bunch of like Harvey sugar. Yeah, it's, right. it's crazy. So, you know, I think we're going to have this wide ranging discussion. But before we get into that, yeah, I would just sort of like to know who is Jay Russell? You, you said you're originally from Boston. Yes, pardon me. You, you, you found your way. So, so let's, let's take, let's back up a little bit and talk about yes. Boston. Tell me about growing up in Boston. The other guy I know um, from Boston is Brandon Ross. I mean, he goes to the club quite a bit too. But yes. tell me about life growing up in Boston and then how you got to South Carolina and then how you got to uh, Iowa City. So let's start with Boston. What was it like growing up in Boston? What yeah. part of Boston you grew up in? I was born in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and where they have cobblestone streets. Um, I was a child who wanted to fly like Superman and I had a lot of energy. So the most important story about me is the idea of wanting to fly when I was at the age of five. I saw Superman on TV. I'm living in Boston where you have all this energy and it's a big city. Uh, I mean, I could go on and on about Boston, but it's a, it's a city. Cities are cities in which it's fast paced. But when I was a child, it was all about play, freedom, um, improvisation, getting up and just going out, using your imagination. I was always pretending to fly. I love Battlestar Galactica. I love Star Trek. I would pretend to be these characters. I'd go to the playground and I would imagine I could be Superman. So I would always jump and run. And I was always hurting myself though, because obviously I don't have wings and I can't fly like an eagle. So while being in Boston at the age of five, I'm watching TV. So I see Superman wearing tights. I saw a ballet commercial for the Boston Ballet. Dancer name was Rudolph Nureyev, a famous dancer. Yes. yes. Know this name. I saw him on TV, commercial for the ballet Don Quixote. Wow. Mom, I watched him jump from the floor and hover. And I said, wow, I'm six years old now. I said, that's how I'm going to fly. Because he has tights like Superman. Christopher Reeves changed my life. So I said, mom, I want to go see the Boston Ballet, the Wang Center. When you're six years okay, old, you were the one that wanted to do that. Six years old, man. You that see, children. So cool. yeah. Can I jump in here? Please. I love this book called Jay Shetty, Think Like a Monk. And one of the things he Ooh. talks about is finding your dharma, finding your life's purpose, yeah. aligning what you're doing with what lights your soul. And what I love about this is at six years old, you feel the light. You want to be a ballet dancer. Yes. That is really cool. And that's what you become. Absolutely. So, so elaborate on that. I interrupted oh, I'd you. I'd love to. Yeah, so. Dharma, that's your dharma. Absolutely. I go to the uh, Wang Center. I see Don Quixote. It blows my mind. I'm watching live music and partnering women and all this flashy energy and jumping and spinning. And I said, mom, I want to be this. She goes, are you sure? It's not going to pay you a lot. Don't you want to be a doctor or a lawyer? I said, no, I want to be this. 
boom. We go to Boston Ballet. I have a natural body for it. I didn't know I had a natural body for it. Go to Boston Ballet, and I start taking ballet classes. Um, the first uh, thing I was taught was rhythm. The best teacher I ever had, it was not a ballet teacher. He was actually a shaman. Hmm. He came in with a drum, and he would just bang and make rhythms and have us just move creatively to give us our sense of rhythm. So I'm doing this class, then I'm taking classical ballet, holding myself, you know, the kings and queens being upright. And then we'll fast forward a bit. I'm dancing and dancing. I have a natural ability. It's clear that I can do this. The Nutcracker has these roles. In the Nutcracker, for a child, the principal role would be Clara and Fritz. I said, I want to dance Fritz. I sh I'm good enough. I've been in the school long enough. I'm, I'm jumping and flying like Superman and I'm showing all these abilities and my light. I wanted that role. And here's where I learned while being in Boston, sadly, and a lot of other places that I was of color. Wow. I didn't know what race was. I was like 12, right? And all my friends are mixed Asian. My, once again, my sister's your color. My niece is your color. Flaherty and O'Donnelly are names in my family. Mm. We're Irish men. So mm. my mom tells me, yeah, um, they just told me that you should do African dance and you can't do uh, Fritz because you're black. And she says, but wait a minute, I'm going to fight for you. So she decides to go against the Boston Ballet, a single mom, Harvard graduate, summa cum laude. She writes a long professional letter saying that she will go to the courts and sue the Boston Ballet, if I'm not given the right to dance Fritz in the Nutcracker because of my race. And you know what happened? What year was this? Pardon me? What year was this? 1982. Wow. <clears throat> okay. So here's a big corporation going up against, right? My mom, single mom, this big corporation, right? So because there were other cases in the company over racism, it wasn't just me. There was a lot of other people before me who were unhappy there, of color, mm -hmm. they caved in and they let me dance Fritz. And I truly believe, I cannot write this in stone, but I believe I was the first African-American Fritz in ballet. All, all together, not only in Boston, but period. I believe so. Wow, that's really cool. That's really cool. And, and you know, Boston at the time, you talk about the school desegregation, the racial politics, you know, it's a very tribal city and, you know, and, and they had all these super intense racial and, and mainly in the seventies is my understanding in terms of the desegregation, but the eighties, I imagine it was still really live and well in terms of that oh, dynamic. Yeah. Wow. Sure. So you do yeah. do the, you do do the ballet, you get the title role or the role of Fritz, which is a big yes. role. What, what do you do next? I mean, you decide you're going to make it into a career. Do they have like a performing arts high school? Is this like, well, Boston, Boston Ballet is like, uh, let's just call it the Lakers or the Celtics of the dance academies. Like when you go there, they prepare you for the big leads. I was dancing on stage with professionals. Nuriev. I'm, I'm on stage with these people as a little boy, a little black boy doing the thing. So hmm. I kept going. They kept giving me roles. I got lucky. I, I believe here's where I'll sort of talk about for anyone watching this to have faith and to never question and just let things come to you and just never say you can't never say no. I just kept moving. I'm young. Young people don't know what no and yes is. They just keep going. So I keep getting all these wonderful things thrown to me. This will blow your mind. I was in a ballet version of E.T. John Williams, the composer of E.T., came down to Boston Ballet to play live and they wanted to do the ballet version of E.T., and I was E.T. Wow. I'm not kidding. And you did, and what year was that? Was that like 83? Oh, man, that must have been now, let me see, 86? Okay. And so was it the type of thing where it was like a performing nights, you, you studied at the Boston Ballet? Like you had yeah, I, I, high school I had my training, yeah. Yes, sir. So you had education there, too. Yeah. I was also going back and forth to New York, the School of American Ballet at Lincoln Center. Back and forth, I was getting a really good training in New York as well for summer schools. But my year training at the time was Boston Ballet, where I was from. So we'll review this. I wanted to fly. I get into school. I'm doing my thing. The color thing happened. We got past that. 
and they kept giving me roles and I was getting lucky and a lot of great things were coming to me. And then what happened to me? I got Osgood Slaughter's disease in my knee, a growing problem. Yes, yes. And, so uh -huh. and that's where you grow, your bones grow too quickly, correct? Yes, and sir. Okay. So then what, 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 what impact did that have? Did you have to stop oh, dancing or what happened? Here's, here's where it all makes sense as to why I have chronic pain now and why we look at people who are crippled a certain way and it, and it brings fear. So the Boston Ballet was trying to find a reason to kick me out. Of course. Mm -hmm. When I got injured with Osgood Slatters, I could not attend ballet classes and I could not be a part because I needed time to ice my knee. So technically, I was not fulfilling my duties as a student. Mm. And they got rid of me, basically. So I'm heartbroken. I'm like, oh my God, I lost my dance career now. They found their little hole, their loophole. My mom said, nope, we're not going to give up. Even though my mom was abusive now my mom was a fighter strong yeah. woman she goes we're not going to give up my mom does research she goes huh they have a national ballet school in toronto that's that's world known world renowned like boston ballet and they they seem open-minded and it's interesting jay why don't we try to audition for the national ballet school now this is me i'm 13. wow okay I get over my Osgood Slaughters. I'm a bit heartbroken, right? Because I wanted to stay in Boston, obviously, my hometown and dance. So I'm like, okay, mom, we'll do this. I auditioned for the National Ballet of Canada and they took me right away. They wow. said, yes, he has the legs, he has the body. They didn't look at my race, not one time. No problem. I got in there. Grade nine, I'm in Toronto. Interracial relationships. You see Filipino, East Indians, Chinese, Japanese. You see gays and straights, everyone together in the streets. Drag queens. I didn't even know what a drag queen was. Wow. Even, pardon me, prostitutes. We were living in a very, the school, ironically, was in a very, let's just say, interesting uh, energy of drugs and sexual energy and liberation, we might call this now. Mm -hmm. So, but I didn't know what that was and they didn't bother me. So I'm, being exposed to all this stuff. Grade nine, I'm getting professional uh, training. Um, they gave you uh, academics. It was a boarding school. Cool. And I would say it's like top three in the world. So wow. I was like, wow, so I'm there doing my thing. So I'll fast forward a bit because now I'm going to get into culture uh, shocking. The same thing that happened in Boston kind of happened to me in Toronto. Hmm. Here's how it happened. I get to Canada, I have a flat top. I like hip hop. I was also a rapper, I like to write rhymes. So I'm a ballet dancing, hyperactive, you feel me? Yep. Person promoting, you know, KRS-One, Public Enemy and all this stuff and I got laughed at hmm. by some of my friends. And I'm like, interesting. I'm like, when I'm in the dance studio, no one's noticing my, my race and laughing at me. But when I'm in the boarding behind the scenes, playing my music, I was being called the N-word, a nigga wow. behind my wow. back, yep. Wow. And I had one student actually pin me against the wall and call me every racial slur known to man out of jealousy because I was good at what I was doing. Mm -hmm. That individual, I guess, was not as talented at ballet and I was intimidating. So they used force and they traumatized me, brother, even worse than Boston. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm in Toronto where it's diverse and here we go again. Yeah. This is grade 10, grade 10 this happened to me. Wow. So you didn't give up though, you kept going. No, so of course not. So I had, I, I, sw I said to myself, I need a break, I'm leaving Canada. I said, I'm going back to Boston. I go to the Walnut Hill School, grade 11 in Massachusetts another art school that had ballet, acting, painting, you name it. It was a public school? Yeah, very good school. I went there for a year just to have a break. And it was very good for me because I was around painters, actors, musicians, um, you name it, all unique people, transgenders, emo kids, everybody was there. And I was bonding and getting, I guess, a mineral that I needed culturally because yeah. I was shocked, right? Yeah. Grade 11. But then I was like, wait a minute, I have an unfinished story. I want to go back to Toronto and make that work. Wow. Oh, yeah. And you now, did. 
I went back for grade 12. Yes, sir. I graduated top of my class with the ballet grades. I was given a scholarship um, and they promoted me to go to the company, the National Ballet of Canada, as an apprentice. So I'm now realizing my power and I'm moving through all this drama. And once again, the whole theme of this podcast should be never give up, never question yourself, keep going and be open. Things will come to you and it will work. As an apprentice, I'm there. I'm in this National Ballet of Canada. Once again, another big, you know, Barishnikov. Yeah. Yeah, he danced there. All the big names. I'm there with all these stars. I'm just, I'm like, wow. I'm nervous. I'm 19 now. I'm like, you know, still don't quite have my legs yet. I'm trying to find my 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 abilities. I'm learning. When do people peak as ballet? Like, what's the Very optimal age for men and then for women? It depends on the body type. Some have a natural facility, obviously. I kind of had that. For me, I peaked at the age of 21. But I know a guy who started ballet at 19 and became a principal at like 30. Wow. So, yeah, that's a big deal. And with women, is it younger? Is it, you know, late teens or... Yeah, I would say women, it depends on the body. They're a little more natural flexibility-wise. Yes. They start a bit later, but yes, if you if you want to get into it, the age of 10, but five and six years old, they go that young, which is a bit complicated because when you're that age, it's hard to focus. Yeah. And so you get there and, <clears throat> you know, one of the things, you know, actually what the theme that has emerged from my podcast is it's a liberal arts podcast designed to focus on strengthening the mind, the body, and the spirit. And what I love about, what I love about, thank you, I finally have a theme. Thank you, friends of the Rocking Cast, for sticking with me through all these years. I was the Seinfeld of podcast, which was a, a podcast about nothing other than whatever the hell I was interested in. But now I have a theme. And ballet strikes me as a perfect theme because the human body is all of these things. It is a mind, it is a body, it is a soul, it's a spirit. And ballet is where you integrate all of those together. So talk a little bit about that as an artist, as a ballet dancing artist. You have the physical self, you have the emotional, maybe a great teacher that you had in Toronto that that sort of inspired you to really bring out the best in you. Do you have a thought process on that? Absolutely. Well, let's go to the goddess. I always call uh, the females, the cashier goddesses because ballet, right? I call it slow down. It is the ball, B-A-L-L, like basketball, of E and T. E and T is ether, right? Or estrogen, the symbols of female energies. Hmm. Ether, E-T, ethernet. We dance in the ether. We move with this element. It is the fifth element, the ether, or the, slow it down, the dodecahedron forms a ball. Wow. And when you do your arms like this, you are making the symbol of the goddess. When I put one arm down, it's a half moon. Ballet Hmm. or the sun, take your pick. Hmm. Now, when I'm teaching, I teach this method because when I was a dancer, it was jump higher. You're black, work harder, spin faster. Or you're black, I'm going to put you as Tybalt in Romeo and Juliet because... The stereotype, and I, I'm not damning, by the way, my career, but I was typecast, and I had to kind of deal with this iron fist, and I got injured a lot. So I said, when I stop dancing, I want to find a whole new understanding so that anybody can see it in their own body. Very yes. simple. There are yes. five. There are five major positions in ballet: first, second, third, fourth, and fifth. We have five elements: earth, water, air fire, ether, a.k.a. the E.T., the ball of E.T. Right, so when we understand this now, we see the levels. Earth is the first foundation. You start here. Water, we flow. Air, learn to breathe, like Kundalini or Qigong. Yeah, Qigong. Oh, yeah, dude. How about Wim Hof? Yeah. Yes, sir. I do that every day. Bless yeah. you. I do. Uh, I'll tell you what I do for qigong. I tap my bones gently. I learned it from martial arts. So yeah, everywhere. My shins. You my know martial arts. Do you know martial arts? 
I, I taught my, well, we'll get into that in a second. I taught okay, myself okay. my own version. I, I have a, yeah, but it, cool. it actually, it plays in with dance. <laughs> okay, so if we're ever in a bar, we're going to kick ass. Oh, we're okay. going to kick ass. Okay, totally. So here was incredible. So I got badly injured, okay? I had a hip impingement. Once again, I tore both rotator cuffs, tore an ACL, sprained ankle. I was a mess. So I was like, yo, I got to stop. I was in Switzerland dancing with the Bejar Ballet. This company, another world-class company. I got a job with them at the age of 37. That is old. I don't know how I did it, but I did it with inflammation and all kinds of pain. But my career technically ended back in 2013 with them. I was wow. limping. I was like, oh, my God. And guess what was the last role I danced? Shiva. Which is what? Shiva, the god of destruction and creation in Hinduism. Shiva and Shakti. Hmm. Now we know a lot about Hinduism. Oh, I consider myself definitely in my past lives a Hindu, a guru. I love it. For sure. I, there's all kinds of signs. There's a river in India spelled J J H E L U M. Jelum River is J Russell. I'm blowing your mind. And it's yeah. It's in Pakistan, too, somewhere. It's on the border of India, I think, Pakistan. Oh, I love that. Yes. No, but, I, you know, here's the thing. I, I, I love this concept. And a lot of these, I think one of the problems with our culture, you, you talked about politics, is I think our culture is in such state of emotional arousal that we're just hysterical. And we do not know how to calm the self. We do not, not, we do not know how to get balanced and in the middle. We don't know how to activate our parasympathetic nervous system. Instead, we're always in the state of fight or flight. And when, you, when you're constantly in that state, you, you, you can't properly process the world. You have to calm and you have to meditate. It's like we're like a giant sine curve. We have to be up and we have to be down. But the Hindu tradition, which you're able to sort of incorporate with ballet, you're able to sort of integrate those philosophies that the spiritual with the physical. Talk about how you integrated the two. Exactly. I will tell you, um, I'm also in the truth community. I've been a truther. I woke up after my injury when I, this is where I got to South Carolina. So was this after your career ended in Switzerland? Yes. But that is pretty cool. Let's just step, step back a little bit. Boom. You know, I have, I've, I've interviewed Mary Elizabeth Williams um, and she's a world-class opera singer. She went to my alma mater, Luther College. Thank you very wow. much, Norseman. If any of you are listening. Um, which actually produces a surprising number of professional opera singers, even though it's known as a choir school. I was a Nordic choir member, had a bass two voice. You oh, that hear, makes sense. You should hear me do Rachmaninoff, you know, Ave Maria. It's, it's kind of intense. You know, I'll basically rattle the timbers if I ever sing it. I would love to hear that. It's hard to be a professional artist. And so, Jay, you made, you danced in Switzerland for a job. You just glossed over that. Excuse my language. My sister doesn't like it when I swear on the podcast, but that's a big fucking deal. Uh -huh. you, 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 when, you, when you got that position in Switzerland, yeah. were, what, what, what was your emotions like? That's, I mean, you're in Switzerland and you're getting paid to dance. Well, that's let me cool. tell you something about this. So I was living in South Carolina, Columbia, South Carolina. I was teaching. So I'm going to back up before Switzerland. Okay. So I did Boston Ballet. Here's my resume. I did Boston Ballet, National Ballet of Canada, Dance Theater of Harlem was the next one. Then I went to uh, Romania, Bucharest Opera Ballet, all on my own. I was my own agent. Hustle, hustle, hustle as a principal dancer. After Bucharest, I went to Northern Ballet Theater in Leeds, England. I'm at Sadler's Wells. I'm at Covent Garden, you feel me? Doing it, just because I kept hustling. Boom, but always had these chronic pains. So I'm dancing and dancing and dancing. Then I got tired and I wanted to go back to America. I got a job with North Carolina Dance Theater in Charlotte. Boom, so I'm dancing there, but once again, my shoulder started to hurt. I said, I'm stopping, I wanna be a teacher. I'm teaching all over North Carolina now, no more professional, and then I got to South Carolina. Boom, I'm yeah. there. I meet my ex-wife there. Okay. Teaching, blah, blah, blah. I'm living in a trailer, hear me now, with her, across from a metal burning 
death uh, where they burn cars and they put the metals in the air. It's a, what's it called, those places? A junkyard? Oh, a junkyard, I don't know. Yeah. I just remember, remember Superman 3 when they're in the junkyard and there was like bad Superman yeah. there and then he like gets his power. He's fighting back. himself. That was, yeah, that was kind of cool. If there's, there's real Maybe stuff they shot it there. They could have. And you were there. You just tied it back. You're, you're doing what is called syncretism. You're syncing my life. And who inspired me but Superman? Yeah. You just I did mean, that. I didn't even know. Well, you know, I am the cream day like crown of podcasters. I'm telling you're good you. At what you do. You're very good. Very good interview. Uh-huh. So I'm in a trailer because my ex-wife at the time was living in a trailer park. Her father, alcoholic, but whatever, whatever. You know, I'm living basically in Life. the gut. Yeah. But I loved her enough, right, that mm-hmm. I stayed with her. So I'm in a trailer, injured, not dancing. She goes, honey, there's a company in Switzerland called Bejar Ballet. I think you should dance again. You can still do it. I said, "Nah, I don't got it no more. She says, yeah, just go. I said, all right. I had money, unemployment. I was getting some good money, saved yeah. up. I go out there, boom, get the job. So I'm in Lausanne, Switzerland. What was that like? French, German, uh clean water everything was just like on a hill and you were paid i was getting paid in francs were you aware were you like i've made it i've made it i mean like i'm in i'm in switzerland or were you like yeah i expect that you know of course I'd be no i never thought you know i'll be honest i never had an ego like this um i just knew that i loved to dance and I knew that I loved the feeling of being on stage and giving people energy. But I knew that I knew I, I was confident, though, brother. I was confident. But I never said, yeah. You, you, know, you do I, have to do it. But, you know, like, the reason why I brought up opera is that I'm sure it's very similar to the dance world. And by the way, there is a Luther guy that made one of the big dance companies in New York, too, Rob Kleinendorst, huge dancer in one of the big Brown Academy or Brown Dance. I don't know. One of those, one of those big, big, big dance companies. But in the opera world, you're either in the top, like the top white 1%, and that's the Pavarotti, the top 1%, well, you might make some regional companies or maybe be a professor, top 2%, the community theater, you know, outside of, it's very competitive. And so you reached, you reached, and and there's a short window, but for the ballet world, there's probably only, of the people that want to do it for a living, yeah. It's like it's like it in the NFL. I mean, very few people can do it, and you reach that level. I did it. I'm grateful that I did it before the the corona era. I have a lot of compassion for dancers. I, I, I now am a guest teacher at uh, University of Iowa, where mm-hmm. I got my Master's of Fine Arts in choreography with no undergraduate. Wow. That is really cool. You want to so, know how I got that? Well, I mean, so you're in, you're in South Carolina. Boom. Pardon me. Yes. And then, and then you get to then you get to Switzerland, and somehow you make your way into Iowa City, Iowa. Where here's you, how it all yes. Yeah, here's so how it, tie that up for me. Because we're almost at the top of the pyramid here. So I got injured again in Switzerland, dancing the role of Shiva, the god of destruction and injuries. So I'm like, whoa, I can't walk. So I said, F it. I mean, I don't have a career. What am I gonna do? I'm a teacher. Perfect. Well, where did I make a name for myself? Columbia, South Carolina. I go back to Columbia. I go back to Columbia and I have an awakening, brother. You know how I'm into numerology and my name appears everywhere? I'm in Columbia. I saw my name appear on a license plate right in front of me on my way to the studio. I said, whoa, kept seeing this. And I had people emailing me and sending me videos about the tarot, the Kabbalah, and what mind control is and the Illuminati and Freemasonry. Mm. But we won't get all that right now. And the secret people. And I'm like, whoa. I'm like, and symbolism. I'm like, all these symbols and where they go to Babylon and Egypt and India. So I'm like, whoa. I'm in Colombia, ex-dancer teaching, but researching. So I did a lot of etymology, a lot of things. The one name that comes up that I want everyone to know is Santos Bonacci. S-A-N-T-O-S-B-O-N-A-C-C-I. This individual is now a friend of mine and shares my work. He's a viral truther with over 200,000 followers on YouTube. And he is a, let's just say, a syncretist and an intense astrologer and an activist for truth. 
And when I watched him talk about the five elements, that's when I said, aha, there are five major positions in ballet and I'm gonna teach that in the studio. So I'm teaching this in Columbia, South Carolina while I'm watching these videos now. Then I get a friend of mine, he sends me an email, he says, Jay, Iowa, University of Iowa is looking for dancers of color who had a career, no undergraduate, they'll pay your scholarship, they'll pay your damn tuition and they will pay you to teach if you audition and get in. Wow. And so that's, so it's just random. Random. And they picked you. Yeah, I, I think no, that's... that wasn't, it was a, a friend of mine, not Iowa itself. It was a friend of mine who wanted to go. Okay. You understand me? And he got in the system. He wanted to help me because he knew I had this unique brain. He said, I'd love to see how your unique brain will do at University of Iowa. And then he was like, you and I can be neighbors. There's an apartment ready for you downstairs if you get it. I'm like, yeah. Wow. That's totally awesome. What year was that? God. I got my master's 2018, 2015. Wow, that's so cool. So you come to Iowa City, and yes, you know, all of us have a different story as to how we get here. Oh, yeah. But what, what was sort of your impression when you, when you hit the University of Iowa, Iowa City? And there's almost a great oh, I was literature. Excited. When, I was when people come to Iowa City, their first impression, the oh, euphoria, the, the hangover, the, <laughs> you know, the, the long-term placement, maybe, maybe not. This is a good place for me to go and do my thing real quick. Okay, so we're going to put us on pause, and then we will start once you come back. Thank you. So Jay just went and switched the laundry, and it's now back. And we, we were at your first impression. So you've done this incredible career growing up in Boston, the time in Toronto. You even make it to, to Leeds, England and Switzerland and you had some health issues and you, you hear about this place called Iowa City, University of Iowa. You get in and you arrive. And I think for Iowa City listeners, we'll get a kick out of this. Sort of first impressions of Iowa City, parts you liked, parts you didn't like, the, the agony and the ecstasy of Iowa City. I'm going to say, I'm going to say this right away. Paradise is everywhere. I'm going to say that again. Where there's nature, grass, trees, pine trees, culture. This is corn place, farmland. When I was in Switzerland, I had no idea how to appreciate land. I was like, oh, that's beautiful. But I didn't know it was a metaphor for my body. Yeah. It's made of water and mama earth like you. We're all unique. So when I came here, honey, I was, I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, everywhere is great. What can I do? What can Jay do to add, right? I wasn't even looking at anything like, oh, that's, I don't like that. And oh. so I'm, I'm in Iowa. Let me tell you how I got into the, uh, <clears throat> pardon me, how I got into the school. So I had to audition. I had to write up. I had to write something and then dance it. Okay. So they, they wanted me to have a theme and to dance it clearly and then explain it like a thesis and defend it. So I did that. So guess what my subject was? The what? atom. Related now, dancing. Yes, I danced the atom. How'd I do that? I'm going to slow down. The atom is made of negative and positive symbols. We know electric, magnetic, black swan, white swan, yin, yang. Yeah. Whites of my eyes, black pupil, now, atomic dance. So here I go. So I'm like, yeah, I know what I'm going to do right away. So I'm writing my whole thing about the atom and how life is negative and positive and how you go through these symbols. Now, what symbols are for negative, positive, electric, magnetic? Fire is a pyramid, a triangle, danger, warning. The square is a symbol of magnetic energy. It takes a square and a triangle in geometry to make a cipher. So you must go through awkward, mundane kind of symbols to find your oscillating, circulating, back to the ball of ballet now. You must go through geometry to survive this realm. So my whole solo was me dancing triangles and squares, but then rounding it off. Like at my, as, a, as a cashier, what do you do? You round up to donate to the co-op. Yeah. Yeah. And so I love that in terms of like, 
you're basically bringing principles of mathematics and physics into the liberal arts. And, you know, one of the essences of my podcast, a liberal arts podcast designed to strengthen the mind, body, and spirit, I like saying that every time, is that, is liberal arts, the knock on liberal arts is bullshit. It's not practical. It's just, but to me, the whole world, like if you had said, hey, you know, wherever I am, man, I'm the lens through which I experience reality. And our brains have all of these natural chemicals to be able to help us absorb reality. And reality isn't math and dance and art, it's reality. And these things intersect with one another. And what the liberal arts allows us to do is to combine the spiritual and the physical and the cultural it allows us to synthesize those. And so you're bringing in principles of almost earth harmonic frequency into the human form with dance. And you're doing it. Now, are you innovating? Is this someone someone had tried before? Is no. this your own unique interpretation? So did you receive some feedback and say like, wow, you're really onto something? This was all from once again, watching my mentor Santos Bonacci, B-O-N-A-C-C-I-S-A-N-T-O-S on YouTube. And what's a truther? What's a truther? I don't even know what that is. So I say it again. What's a truther? I don't even know what that is. Very good question. I will tell you what the truther is. It's like this. Hey, um, I'm hungry. I need some protein. Um, I'm gonna go to McDonald's. No judgment here, right? Mm-hmm. So it's legal. We know it's poison. I'm thinking it's the truth to eat this, I did, and that I'd be healthy. When in reality, it was a lie. Mm-hmm. I was poisoning myself. I was lying to Jay. Mm-hmm. So I will keep very, there's more things going on than that. You have the secret societies. We have the Illuminati is real. Mm-hmm. We have secret Freemasonic orders that every president was a part of. Mm-hmm. But we can't ask questions about them, but we got to yeah. vote for them. But we must know what this stuff means, why I teach geometry. I'm an activist in ballet. Hmm. I was lying to myself with fast food, brother. Mm -hmm. And when I realized the symbols of McDonald's make the M, I had someone break it down and say, um, you know what the logo for Aries in the Zodiac? M, the ram, the horns, Hmm. Hmm. They seem to be, they meaning, we'll just call them, and I love them, big brothers and sisters, Mm -hmm. the ones watching. They seem to like symbols and call yellow, Mm -hmm. McDonald's M. I went in there thinking, this is the truth. I'm going to eat this fast food and get protein and feel good when I'm getting diabetes. So a truther is one who tells you that that system that you're living in there, right there, that yellow M is a lie and I want to save you the agony and the pain. Your insides will not lie to you. They will get cancer. Oh. I want to help save you. So that's why I'm a, a truther is this. And so it's a movement now in which you have several people. Another great name is Jordan Maxwell, J-O-R-D-A-N-A-X-W-E-L-L, hmm. an incredible um, scholar who breaks down the occult. Another one is Michael Tassarion. M-I-C-H-A-E-L-T-S-A-R-I-O-N breaks down ancient Ireland and shows you this pyramid there older than Egypt. Okay. This is a transition I'm going to make. Your mind is going to be blown. This book that I'm going to recommend to people, I actually got it at Barnes & Noble. You don't think they're that radical, but (laughs) that's some good stuff. So this is called Beyond the North Wind by Christopher McIntosh. Beautiful. And basically what's really good is that you talked about the Celtic, the ancient uh, Celtic cultures. Uh, One of the theories of Beyond the North Wind, it is the study of the ancient civilization of Hyperborea, which is what like the Greeks call like the land of the great North Wind. And so it's kind of a, it's kind of a mix between sort of academics who sort of dance on the realm of speculation. So it's academics, they publish in peer review, but you know, they don't need to have necessarily everything locked down and they're speculating. 
But it's just very interesting to explore all of these traditions, all of these things that we didn't learn. Um, and I, and by the way, I'm still a practicing Christian. I'm a Luther and I, I do go to church, but I, I do kind of like to, but the Christians, one of the theories with the Vikings, and I'm trying to reconnect with my Viking roots. So Lutheranism with a dollop of, you know, Viking religion, and paganism, but I hope my mom's not listening to this. But one of the theories behind why the Vikings attacked a monastery, have you ever seen the Vikings on Amazon? It's really good. One of their first big acts is like 732 or something like they, they attacked this monastery in England and that they're portrayed as just sort of like these murdering marauders. But one theory is, is that they were actually retaliating for Charlemagne murdering 4,500 pagans because they wouldn't convert. And that it was actually an act of retaliation, maybe not justified, but it's really interesting. I mean, there's all these things, and I think that, you know, and, and Christianity, at least as it's, as it's manifested itself, has really taught people, at least in some interpretations, I think there are open-minded Christians that say like, hey, there's this thing called creation with all of this mystery embedded within it that manifests itself in so many ways, but to fear the earth, to fear energies, to fear all of these different things. And as a result of that, you have so many people that are just totally disconnected from their souls, from their bodies. You mentioned truth and McDonald's. I think it's a good example. Absolutely. It is horrible food. Yeah. And you get medical doctors that you have a gastroenterological problem in your gut and they'll give you a medicine for it. They don't tell you that's not even McDonald's. Nope. They say the stuff that's like inflaming your gut. They say, here's the pill. And then the pill does something and they need to do a, a reaction to the pill. As opposed to if they go to the co-op, buy some nice fermented food, you know, buy some nice whole grains, or not whole grains, but you know, yeah. you know outside of the food aisle. Um, and so it's like, who's the crazy people here? You know what I mean? It's yeah. just sort of like, yeah, McDonald's is totally normal. And I often think too, you know, one of my favorite parts of Iowa City was down by the river in the Iowa City campus, University of Iowa campus. Oh yeah. You know how often I'm down there? Oh yeah. And I'm the only one down there. And I often think to myself, wow, I have this beautiful spot right in the middle of a town of 65,070 people, something like that. And if I go to the mall, there's people huddled together trying to acquire commodities that they can't afford and won't make them happy. Who's the crazy one? You know what I mean? And my, my peace, my world is free. I can go there anytime I want and no one's there and I have total solitude or I can pay a whole bunch of money, get stressed, get in debt and be miserable and go eat at McDonald's. Well, I want to promote us. So hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to record myself saying this to you. Okay. That's going to be very short because you're into Christianity, and I, I love that. So watch this. Do you have access to your own phone right now to look something up? I do. Okay, great. So hold on. Okay, so my brother, I would like for you to go to Job 3831, which should say, I, Jesus, am the root of David and the bright morning star. Just please find that quote for me. I have Job 38 verse 11. Job 3831. Oh, okay. Job. Oh, no, pardon me. That one is not it. I'm lying. Sorry. That's actually Job 3831 is the Pleiades in Orion's belt. I'm sorry. Um, Google Bible verse. I got to slow down. Bible verse, root of David, morning star, and type in Jesus. Pardon me. Sorry. Pardon me. It's revelations. My bad. Root of David. And the morning star, Jesus, Revelation verse. Okay. I am not, let's see, it says. <clears throat> says i am not the let's see here i am the root and the off i am the root and offspring of, of david the bright and morning star okay now stop there 
Now go to a website called etymology.com. It's E-T-Y-M-O-N-L-I-N-E. Etymology.com. Okay. Yes. Go to this uh, website, please, sir. Okay. Etymology.com. Are you there? I am. Okay. Type in Lucifer, L-U-C-I-F-E-R. Hmm. It's all I'm seeing is etymology.com and it's not popping up. There's just you don't see, type in etymoline, E T Y M, etym, E T Y M, online, okay, dot com. Okay. Okay. Do you see the website? Yes. yes. Okay. Now, Punch in Lucifer, please. Okay. Morning star, Venus in the morning sky. Okay, you see that, right? Yes. Now, stay there. Type in phosphorus. P-H-O-S. P-H-O-S. I believe P-H-O-R-U-S. Phosphorus. Phosphorus. Light bringing, the morning star. Now keep scrolling to look for your urine. It's below. It's below. Keep scrolling to find urine. Okay. Let, me see, let me see if you find urine. I don't think I, I find it. Keep scrolling. It's all the way below. It should, say, it should mention your urine. I could even read it. Okay, why don't you read it? All right. Can you still hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. So you're on the website, right? Okay. Let me I see. I am, yeah. P-H-O-S. P-H-O-R-U-S. Okay. So P-H-O-S. P-H-O-R-U-S. It should say, as the, as the name of a solid, non-metallic, combustible, chemical element, it is recorded from, eight, from 1680, originally one among several substances, so-called, the word used exclusively of the element from 1750. Oh yeah, from urine. You found yes. it? Yes. Now go back to Lucifer again, my friend. Go back to Lucifer again. You just found urine, the shroud of Turin. And do you see Venus also beside the morning star in Lucifer? Okay, okay, yeah. Now, as a Christian, all I'm gonna say is this. This is what I believe Christianity is. I can dance with anyone's religion. Yes. And shame on any preacher who skips out on this. There's nothing wrong with church yeah. or, a, or, a, or a synagogue, for God's sake. They're the good people. They skip out on the body is the Christ. So I am also into urine therapy, if I may say. I was going bald three year, two years ago, and I watched an awesome individual break down urine therapy. He said he drank his morning urine, and his hair grew back. I said, mm -hmm. What? I tried it, brother, and my hair grew back, and I freaked my mother out. Hmm. So I am no doctor. I am not hmm. forcing upon anyone's belief system, but I'll say this. We have a medical system that likes to give us GMO food at the hospital. Why not research the sacred symbols, the etymology of our Bible verses, of our body, and our fluids, and see if that will cure our ailments? And I guarantee you it will. Phosphorus is known to help grow your bones and repair damaged cells and tissue. And it has done that for my chronic pain. How do you think I'm able to just limp around and still dance and, and function? Because I'm constantly rubbing it on my head and my body calms down because it is medicine. Wow. I, you know, I haven't looked into that. But the only thing I would say is, is that in the last year and a half, I've sort of explored a lot of you know, the alternative health space. And it's just, to me, it's really amazing how much peer review stuff is coming out of all these treatments. I mean, so for me with fasting, it's been life-changing. And yet when I went to my doctor, who I really liked, didn't mention that at all. You know, giving your body an opportunity to time to rest, being able to control your insulin. So, you know, I guess all the more power to you. I, I, I haven't looked into that, but it's, uh, I keep an open mind. I keep an empty cup to all so forms of knowledge.
I, I think it's important what you said, once again, to keep an open mind. And how did I become a ballet dancer? When I was told I was a part of my, a nigga. Yeah. Do African, do Alvin Ailey. I loved Alvin Ailey, but I wanted ballet. So how did I get through? I had to be open to other people's understandings of how to become a good dancer. And I had to find teachers that saw my talent, but I could not be so defensive and shut down. If I was, mm -hmm. then they would not have wanted to deal with me. There is the angry black man syndrome. Mm -hmm. There is the angry white man syndrome. Mm -hmm. There is an angry white woman. Everyone gets angry. Yeah. When they're broken down, the Irish people were slaves too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Rome went there. And, you know, we know this. And so, so your dad I, was African American. Pardon me. Your dad was African American. Yes, sir. But right. I'm also Portuguese. I'm Irish blood, hmm. and I'm also Cape Verdean. Wow, where's Cape Verde? Is that near Spain? It is an island. Good question. It's an island. I'm not even sure exactly where it is, but it's Caribbean. Hmm. It's its own island, and they're unique people of color with straight curly hair. Hmm. I have you ever done a DNA test? I have not. I would like to do it just to sort of you know just to see whether oh, yeah. it matches what I think I am. You know, I think it's just sort of interesting. You know, each individual's story in terms of literally what their makeup is, as far as that goes. But so you're at the University of Iowa, and you're in the dance program. You do some show. I was at a Space Place Theater. Yep. Cool. I love Space Place Theater in, in part because I love the building. I love North Hall. I love the energy. I love the smell. Everything about it. So what are you doing now? I mean, you are you working at the co-op. One of the things I love about the co-op is it's a perfect space for creators. Yes. You know, it's, it's the type of thing where you don't have to shave. You can be yourself. And I've always really appreciated about that because I think that's so important for artists that are between gigs or musicians or going to go to grad school or whatever, it's just sort of a great foundation, you know, yeah. for where people are in their life. And so you graduate in 2018 and um, are you still going to do some teaching? Like what, 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 like what's up, what's up, what's next for Jay Russell? Well, let me explain to you what I did not like about Iowa. Okay. okay. The universal problem. The word Catholic means universal etymology. It's a university in which I wanted to do my thesis about Venus, the morning star, the goddess. I'm a Taurus yeah. ruled by Venus. Intellectualism, I'm not damning the school now, but intellectualism and theories and data is what almost slowed me down from graduating, in which there was something going on in which they saw that I was a unique person. Yeah. Now, I know Grant Wood wink wink from iowa also was a professor with no undergraduate and no high school diploma but got up in there and was a teacher but because he was unique they didn't like him so much i heard on the street and he had a very nasty little thing there so he had to leave with a bitter taste in his mouth ironically i danced in an opera about grant wood wow. now what I didn't like was the intellectualism and the rigor and telling me to rewrite my thesis when it was ready I had done thousands of versions. And once again, it goes back to being a ballet dancer. You better jump higher. You're injured. So what I didn't like was this repetitive, I call it the kings and queens, the martial, iron fist, suffering. You know, suicides are happening a lot in University of Iowa. I received many emails of dead ones. And I would write a poem in honor of some of them to say, I have compassion. And I will write a poem dedicated to whoever that was, because I'm sure... It must have been from depression and pressure from not getting an A. Do you know how many mental health uh, students I had that were nervous in my class because they showed up late or they couldn't come because they were suicidal? And I said, honey or sir, I said, you showed up today and that's all that matters. You are not a grade. Yeah. You are exactly. not a grade. And you remember one thing about my class from dance, you are the light, you are a solar plexus. Yeah. And the university had kind of a hard time, yeah. but I still graduated. So now I fast forward. I graduated. What I have to do to get into higher ed? Cover letter, cover letter, grammar, edit. Again, I spent two years of rigorous writing and getting through. And I was like, I'm tired of this. I got to eat. No. Exactly. I know how to teach, brother. I know yeah. how to connect. I'm like, this is bullshit. So I said, all right, 
I'm not getting any, you know, jobs. They're not hiring. This is before COVID now. Okay. Yeah. I said, all right, I better get another job. So I was nervous, bro. No more unemployment. I'm living in the city, graduated, but like ex-professional, great, a rapper too. I had nowhere to go. So I said, all right, let's go to New Pioneer and see if I can't get in. And I got in. You know how I got in? Oh, blow your damn mind. I went to the website. They said, just please don't worry about your resume. Just write about yourself. I wrote all this stuff about me being the light. And, a, and a, I was a street performer at one point, dancing and rapping. And they were like, yeah, cool. I get in there. And they said, yeah, we love what you, what you wrote for your resume. And we want to know more. Like I said, well, I, I'm, I'm a very fast learner. I got my MFA, but no undergraduate. I'm very good with people. As a dance teacher, I was always sharing my power. I had a thing with children where I would do stuff like this. If it was children who were eight years of age, I would stand in the front of them and say, I'm going to call this sharing the power. I want you to learn one thing from Mr. J, and I'm going to stand where you are. You're going to stand where I am, and you will be the teacher. And I have it on YouTube. And they love that. They were like, I want to, I want to show it. Yeah. I said, eight-year-old little girl please teach me. And they loved it. And they were awesome. And they were like, this guy is different. So I got into the um, new pioneer based on once again, spirit, light, never say no. So now what I do is I teach holistic dance to my customers. Since COVID, I've taught five people at their house. One little Asian girl who can play piano. I taught an elderly woman with a bad knee. She loved it. And I have a constant student who I had today every Wednesday who was paralyzed on her left side. And we do holistic dance together with my chronic pain. We use geometry moves. Wow. And she loves it. And we've been working together for a few months now and she wants to create a real movement. Now back to martial arts, it relates. At College Park, you like Bruce Lee, right? Yeah. Bruce Lee learned Wing Chun. Yeah. What is Wing Chun but a wooden dummy? Yeah. A wooden yeah. I'm watching this. I go to the college park. I see a pine tree with all these branches, bro. And I'm like, ah, I'm going to go up in there and I'm going to put my arms in it and just improvise. I'm a dancer. Hello. Yeah. Dude, a year and a half, I've been doing it. I've shown customers me doing it. They're like, holy, are you a trained martial? I've had black belts tell me it's impressive. Wow. So I, I am trained. And also, Qigong. I'm teaching myself how to desensitize my bones, my knuckles. I tap them for minutes, breathing. Mm -hmm. My shins, my chest, and my stomach. And I'm hitting a pine tree, and I hug it before and after to, uh, out of compassion and respect because trees have feelings. Yeah. And I do my dance classes in the park. I've taught people how to do the pine tree dance. And they love it, or martial, whatever you want to call it. So... Long story short, brother, I am now an independent master of what? Master of survival. Yeah, mind, exactly. Master of just saying, okay, I got this. When yeah, I did I had it. Well, and you know, the other thing too is when you start thinking about, you know, what you really need, I think a lot of times people focus, are focused on all the wrong things, like how much money they can make. But if they're, if they're stressed out and they're time starved, I mean, you think about what do you value most? You value your time. And I think one of the things the co-op does for artists is, yeah, you have the full, the full set of hours, but you don't have to carry your work home with you. You, you, know, you see me as sometimes as a, as a lawyer. I, I, that is my day job. But law, I think that's one of the tricks with lawyers, and that's what it's taken me a long time to do, is to be able to turn it off and to leave it at the office. And when you're done, you're done. And I think with the co-op for creative people, it really does allow people to do their art, do their passion, live a simple life, and you know, be in this incredibly dynamic environment. So do you see yourself being there for a while? Um, or yeah. what do you sort of see? I mean, I think that like is a good to place be, to hang your single. I, I would like to be uh, a community. It's a community job, man. I'm meeting people that have, I met a woman who ran away from Germany to survive Hitler. Wow. I met a Vietnam vet who told me Vietnam War was about heroin smuggling and confirmed my research on that. I already knew that. And he yeah. confirmed that it was about heroin smuggling. 
Um, I met you, God. Um, yeah. Are you kidding me? I've met two hip hop uh, beat makers who are incredible. I have an album that I did based on, they follow me on Instagram, some of them, and they know also my mentor is very popular. So I'm grateful. I have one customer who knows also my mentor. He, he gives me gifts and talks truth to me at the store. Wow, that's really it's cool. Like, I'm, in my numbers, back to numerology, my birth name, J-H-E, appears on receipts every day. The hmm. prime number, normal, ding, 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 ding. And I want to recommend my books, The Two, Two Babylons. Babylons. Okay. By, who's the author? Alexander Hislop, right here. Okay. What's that okay. about? It's all about the names of Venus and the sacred feminine and how your, your religions today are about goddess worship. Alexander Hislop? Alexander Hislop. Okay. And this book right here, The Light of Egypt. The Light of Egypt, okay. And the author is Thomas H. Burgoyne. Thomas Burgoyne, okay. Cool. Which is all about hermetic wisdom. I actually probably should do this again because I got a lot to still do with my lawn. My yes. lawn. No, totally. I think we've covered a lot. So if you want to say anything to close it. No, we, we, I, I think, you know, every show has a beginning, a middle and an end. And, and I'm sensing a sense of closure. So Jay, thank you so much. I think you are in so ways, so many ways demonstrate the best of Iowa city. You know, we have so many quirky, interesting, dynamic yes. people that have just arrived here by hook and crook, you know, in just various different ways. And, you know, I, you tend to have to be a character to stay here in the long term. You know what I mean? You just, and we have a breathing space where you can be you. You don't have to be like everyone else. And in no. fact, that's kind of a brave. So thank you so much for tuning into the Rocky cast. Infinite gratitude to you. Uh, stay balanced and in the middle. Um, will. We, we will try to get this up podcast up very shortly. I'll let you know when it's on. Awesome. And um, I hope you can appear again on the Rocky Cast. So, friends, thank you so much for tuning into the Rocky Cast. Until yes. next time on the Rocky Cast. Hare Krishna. <laughs>